Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Letterman Row. It's the Buyer's Auto Practice Report. The Buckeyes are back at it. They actually practiced on Monday because they had to treat last week as an off date uh, after the Maryland cancellation. So Jeremy Birmingham, Spencer Holbrook joining me, Austin Ward for this one as the Buckeyes get set for this top 10 matchup scheduled on Saturday at high noon against Indiana. A lot of this sounds very weird to say, but that's 2020. Uh, and Ryan Day and a handful of those Buckeyes met with the media on Tuesday before this practice. A lot of words that stood out, hurt, angry, frustrated. Uh, they did not like having that off date last weekend. And they were. it was almost like they were describing a loss. And we've seen how the Buckeyes have responded to that adversity in the past. All that to me is like further driving home this point of why Ohio State is a 21-point favorite uh, and, and trying to channel all of that into maybe sending a message against the Hoosiers on Saturday, Burr. Yeah, I mean, hurt, angry, frustrated, but there's also a sense of somewhat, I guess, resignation and understanding that there's just nothing you can do uh, when something happens like what happened last week with Maryland. And I guess it'll be only more interesting when Maryland somehow plays this week without any problem, um, you know, that you're not really at the mercy of uh, logic right now. And, and you just sort of have to adjust and adapt and, so what Ryan Day has said over and over for the last few months, everybody has to deal with it. The Buckeyes just have to deal with it better than anyone else. And, um, you know, as, as you head into a game, here we are a week before Thanksgiving, and it's only the fourth game of the year for the Buckeyes. That it is hard to have a real understanding of who you are as a team, what you are as a team. You know, it's great to have the fallbacks that you do, like Justin Fields, like uh, the offensive line that is, you know, one of the best in the country, a Joe Moore finalist probably. Uh, Spencer, I just want to throw that in there for you. Oh, um, in there before Spencer. You know, I, I, well, I just wanted to get the counter going. But, yeah, it, it's it's a, it's so weird. I mean, we've talked about this for just months. It is so weird. And it's one of the things I asked about today a couple times is why are other programs collapsing right now when the Buckeyes aren't? And, and it's the culture in that building, and, and it's what's going to keep them moving forward, even though there are things that are out of their control that do hurt them and that do upset them. There's a weird, there's a weird like sliding doors world for Penn State with one of those programs that collapse. Like if if Penn, if Michael Penix is judged down before the pylon in week one, does Penn State does the bottom completely fall out for them? I don't think they would have beat Ohio State the following week, but they certainly wouldn't be zero and four in that circumstance, and maybe not even packing it in on the entire season. That's a that's a topic for a different show another time. But Spencer, to go back to that feeling of frustration and the anger and the hurt that the Buckeyes were feeling. They've had to make do, and one of the ways they did that, they played some dodgeball. They had a practice on Saturday. Ryan Day added a practice on Monday, which normally, uh, you know, they would not have done if they had just played uh, and come back from Maryland. So this has required even more flexibility than, you know, maybe we even imagined, and Ryan Day's proven pretty good at handling that. Yeah, he, he knows what to do. You know, we talked a little bit to him today about his NFL background. He knows what it's like to, to have uh, – you know, weird off days, things like that. The NFL is a completely different animal. He's been there. He has experience at, at all levels of football. He knows how to handle these kind of situations. And the Buckeyes have, like Berm said, a good enough culture where when they have to flip things around and, and move things around, they can do it and not really suffer anything. And to go to that, to that anger point, they get the frustration and anger of not playing Maryland. Now they get the frustration of anger and anger of listening to people hype up an Indiana team <laughs> for an entire week, as if this is, this is like going to be the ultimate test for them. I just, I think this team is going to come out and be absolutely ready to smash heads because this Indiana team, 
I don't think people are really giving him a chance to win, but I, I, I'm hearing a lot of Indiana talk, and I'm just I'm not really buying it. All right, well let's let's dive into that, Spencer. If there, Ohio State is a 21 point favorite in this game for a reason. That's the exact number that we thought it would be, uh, and Vegas agreed. They put it up on the board. I have a suspicion that it'll go up as the week goes on. We'll see what happens. Um, that tells you that most people are not buying this conversation that. Michael Penix, who is a turnover-prone, inconsistent quarterback who has shown flashes of really good stuff, um, you know they don't believe that he's going to be able to take advantage of a secondary that's been criticized a little bit through three weeks for Ohio State. Um, on the flip side, I don't think there's any defense in the country, let alone one that's given up you know 500 yards and should have lost to Penn State, that's going to stop Justin Fields with 13 touchdowns against 11 incompletions through three weeks, and that Joe Moore – uh, finalist offensive line, uh, ding, that can last open holes. In an Indiana team, that Tom Allen, he's giving up 50 points a game when he plays Ohio State. Like, what are we doing? Yes. Let's, let's, just, let's, just, let's just stop it. Let's just stop right now. Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State are who Indiana has played. Okay? With no wins, one win, one win against one win, Michigan – Let's just let's put it to bed. Indiana is an improved football team, clearly, right? They're a better team than they were. Michael Penix is a different type of quarterback than Indiana's had in the last couple of years. We can all agree to that. But the roster difference between Ohio State and Indiana is light years different, light years different. There is no reason that Ohio State should lose on Saturday against Indiana. And that's why, as you said, Vegas says, hey, this is a three-touchdown difference. And if you're looking at the roster from top to bottom, it's probably more. Here's, here, here's the skinny of this, of this matchup. Indiana's defense is really good at creating turnovers and getting pressure on the quarterback. There's two things Ohio State does not allow, pressure on the quarterback and turning the ball over. Indiana's offense is good at one thing, working on short fields and scoring touchdowns on short fields. Guess what Ohio State doesn't give you? Short fields. Hmm. Everything Indiana is good at, Ohio State doesn't do, and everything Ohio State's good at, I don't care what Indiana does because Ohio State's just better. So the, the skinny of this matchup is that we're going to talk about it as a top 10 game because it gets people excited. But the, the bottom line is it's not going to – like this is not going to happen. I don't, we, we keep treating this as if it's like the Michigan week or like Penn State week. Berm, you're not nervous about this game like you are every, every November, right? Uh, I'm not – I mean, from a – Big picture perspective, I'm not nervous because, again, I think the difference in my mind in college football generally comes down to one thing. Is Justin Fields way better than Joe Milton, Noah Vidral, or whoever the Rutgers quarterback was that day, uh, Rocky Lombardi, and, and, and Sean Clifford? I would, sub I would submit to the audience that he is significantly Whoa, what better. A bold statement. Uh, I would submit he's significantly better than those quarterbacks. I would submit that the Ohio State uh, receiving core and running game, which is averaging 200 yards a game, despite the fact that they've been inconsistent. Uh, if, if Penn State's offense was able to get 500 yards against Indiana, there's no reasonable explanation or, or rational reason to doubt that Ohio State should have 700 yards against Indiana. I, I don't know that that will happen. You don't know how the game goes. Uh, but if you're just lining these teams up on the field, you can see that Indiana is a program that's improving, and that is what the Big Ten needs because Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State are um, – dumpster fires right now 
And somebody has to fill that vacuum. And, and in the first four weeks of the season, Indiana has been able to beat those teams. That does not mean Indiana belongs on the, the discussion of can they or will they upset Ohio State. Maybe, maybe we're all wrong, but come on. I, I, just, I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, you look at who they beat in the, in the talent on that team, it's hard to imagine that. They do have, if you're going to give them credit, I mean, they, they play very hard. Tom Allen has them believing and they have confidence because they beat those four teams. From Indiana's perspective in their locker room, they're not going to care that Penn State hasn't won a game or that Michigan looks like an absolute uh, peewee football team with a bunch of sixth graders who have no idea what they're doing schematically, physically, anything down the road. Um, you know, they're not going to be worried about that. And they'll still take, you know, some solace out of beating Rutgers and shutting out Michigan State. They, that's a winning streak for them. They can feel good about that. And there's something to be said for making sure that you're playing, that you're prepared for a team that has confidence that it thinks it can upset you. Uh, and we'll do anything to do that. They'll still draw from what Rutgers did to Ohio State. They'll they'll go for trick plays. They'll go for fourth downs. You know, they can't play conservative and pull off the upset. They know that. Indiana's been through this. That's why we've seen so many of these games that feel like they, you know, wind up you know, 52 to, you know, 28. Or, you know, that's they, – they're going to score some points probably, but also because they have no hope whatsoever of slowing down Justin Fields. Um, beyond that, you know, what if we can agree that we do here that Ohio State is a favorite for a reason, what do you want to most see from the Buckeyes this week? Um, probably going to have some similarities to what we were asking about ahead of the Maryland game last week. I mean, to me, it's got to be just four quarters of solid football, and the Buckeyes haven't really been able to do that this year, put together a complete game. And, and, and I want to just circle back there. It's obviously dangerous to try to say well, Indiana can't play with Ohio State on the, in this game. As you said, confidence is, is huge when it comes to college football. It's not like the Buckeyes are short on confidence. Uh, so, but we also don't want to dismiss that Indiana is improved. They are right now clearly the second best team in the Big Ten East. Like that is not even up for debate. They they ran away from those other three schools. I mean that so that give them the credit they deserve. But understand Ohio State as a program one through eighty five is just that much better. So to me, what I want to see is Ohio State put together a complete game. Because what we've seen in every other game for the Buckeyes is they come out, they assert their dominance in the first half, they show clearly that they're the best team on the field, and then they've taken the foot off the gas. And you can't do that against this Indiana team because Tom Allen has a team that believes in itself. And if it's not going to be a 35-3 to halftime type score. So you can't put, allow them to hang around like you did with uh, Penn State at 21-6. to I think that that's when you maybe get in trouble if, if you're Ohio State here. So it's just about keeping the foot on the gas pedal it, to me. that That's really the difference. Yeah, and if you look at, at this Indiana roster, you've got Michael Penix. He's, he's a good scrambling quarterback. you got to keep him in the pocket. You've got Ty Freifogel, who's a good wide receiver, probably one of the best wide receivers right now in the Big Ten, uh, other than the, Ohio, the talent that Ohio State has. He can give Ohio State fits on the corners because we saw what a guy like Jahan Dotson can do. You got Peyton Hendershot who can run the middle of the field and be a seam tight end. So this Ohio state defense is what I'm most excited to see because they've got to keep Michael Penix in the pocket or get pressure on him. They've got to force him into a couple bad throws and turnovers. They've got to make sure that the corners and the safeties are shored up to not let uh, Ty Freifogel do what he did to Michigan. And then they've got to be able to cover a tight end, which Ohio state has had trouble with covering tight ends and college football in general has trouble covering tight ends. So I think the big thing that they that we need to see out of this Ohio State team is just a complete defensive performance burn because I think we've seen 
some offensive things that, that are incredible. But, but the defense just needs to be more complete and take over the game and not let Michael Penix get any confidence because once he got confidence against Michigan, he looked better as the game went on. I think what interests me about that analysis, Spencer, and I don't disagree with any part of it, I think you have to merge what you said and with what Berm said to play it for four quarters because when you're talking about, you know, taking a, a tight end out of the game, we saw Ohio State had a plan for that, and they did not let Pat Fryermuth beat them at Penn State. You're talking about handling a, a scrambling quarterback. Again, that, that was a more higher urgency game. Sean Clifford had no chance of doing that. Ohio State played a little bit more uh, with a spy than I, I expected they would. They had an answer for that. Now, again, what you said is correct. In the second half, they gave up some deep shots in the secondary. The same thing happened against Rutgers. Um, some of it was through that trick play and, and some fluky deal. doesn't matter. Um, Ohio State has shown in every game so far, um, and I, I, brought, I mentioned this stat last week, that there's been a half in all three games where they did not allow a touchdown. You can't do that in college football if you aren't really good. Okay? So if you can – and it is a lot to ask them to do that for four quarters and shut, shut out an opponent every week. That's not going to happen. But I think I agree with both of the things you said. Ohio State has to be more complete for a longer period of time if they're going to be a college football playoff champion. Uh, they're not going to need that to beat Indiana this week, in my opinion. They probably won't need that. You know, maybe Wisconsin is, is a team that could test them for four quarters, although we've talked ourselves into that matchup in the past before as well and seen that fall flat on its face. All of this stuff that we're talking about is much more contingent on January 1 or later if they will finally push it back than beating Indiana. I'll settle on three quarters of complete football <laughs> for Saturday. All right. We're just going to barter this okay. together, and I'm going to take what I like from what both of you guys say. Yeah, so I'm going to go with three quarters of complete football and then take the foot off the gas in the fourth uh, as opposed to taking it off the gas at halftime. Okay. Okay. Does that work? Concession reached. Does that work for you, Spencer? Are we good? I think so. Yeah, that's fine with me. All right, good. That's, but it, it rarely works out so neatly on the buyer's auto practice report, but it did today. Not good to be back on uh, with Jeremy Birmingham and Spencer Holbrook joining me. Hopefully everything stays on schedule for Saturday at noon. If not, we're still going to have all the coverage for you. Uh, the Ohio State football program at lettermanroad.com. Stay with us. We will see you there.